I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Okay, Sarah, so we have a really fun question today. Should I read it out? Yes, please. I'm an illustrator and I'm currently working a full-time job, non-illustration related, whilst also trying to run my own illustration business. And it's getting to the stage now where I will either have to start to turn down new clients or cut down my working hours at my job. However, I don't know if I'm ready to take the plunge and rely on my commissions to support me financially as I still have rent to pay. However, I also don't want to start turning down potential work because then I'll never get to do what I love full-time. How do you know when to take that risk? Your sincerely indecisive illustrator. I relate to this question so much because I can remember being in that exact position myself. Obviously, I was working for the NHS in my old day job, as people might know, and taking the plunge to kind of do what I do now full time. But that fear of, am I really ready to take this risk? Am I crazy? Is this going to pay off? How did you know? I think there's a different levels of knowing, isn't there? So I knew on a real gut level that it was time exactly the same I was turning down really exciting opportunities to just kind of do the mundane day-to-day of my job and I knew that that wasn't the right course of action for my business and I knew financially I'd really set myself up these parameters of I have to be able to be making pretty much what I'm making every month or have the potential to do that so I had that kind of mapped out as well but it took my husband actually saying to me hand in your notice today here it is here's the letter in your hand go and give it to your manager because it's terrifying it's terrifying to leave that security behind and I guess like I always think of risk there's always so many mitigating circumstances to each people's situation Mm -hmm. like for you you just mentioned Rory your husband there I mean the fact that he had a job exactly must have made all the difference in the world absolutely so I still needed to be bringing in a certain amount of income each month in order to cover my own kind of expenses, my car, etc. And if that money hadn't been coming in, we would have had to make some severe cuts. But there was no danger that we were going to lose the roof over our heads because he still had his full-time job. If you're a single person, you don't necessarily have that security. Or if you're not from a family that can support you, for example, you don't have that security. The risk is different for everybody and you've really got to calculate that, I think. Yeah, and I think everyone has such a different relationship to risk I think for me for risk my kind of biggest decision making factor is I don't ever want to take a risk and just wait for something else to catch me Mm -hmm. if I'm going to take a risk I have to know as much as possible taking care of all the possible consequences of taking that risk and also I have to be have a very serious conversation with myself in that moment of you catch yourself here if this goes wrong if it doesn't turn out how you wanted it to you have to figure this out and everyone's different some people thrive on jumping into the unknown yeah I don't thrive on jumping into the unknown like I had a bit of a different bigger risk in the beginning with my business because I started my business when I lived at home with my parents still mm. and I wasn't working because I was out of work due to health reasons and we'd moved back home because I was like I was unwell so I couldn't afford to my own rent and so for me the risk wasn't quitting a job to work for myself full-time the risk was moving out and knowing that I could pay my own way full-time yeah it was really funny I started my business in January and at the end of May we signed on to a flat but it was like a new build flat so we didn't move in until um September and I just I mean Alex always laughed that we were just like we were crazy I'd only been making a solid income for my business for a couple of months and been well enough to keep doing that well for enough, that time yeah, yeah I know for me and Sarah neither of us leapt into our business in the first few months I'd been blogging for years with like a few years before that you'd been you know sharing for years but I remember looking back I always feel for me the best things in my life have come from taking a risk so I believe in the magic of taking risks in not allowing your fear to hold you back yeah 
but there's always a but there's there's also a risk I think I could have taken in my life that wouldn't have served me well yeah like the moments that we have real growth are always the moments where we take a leap yes um and Tara Moore talks about this doesn't she in her books like yeah. sometimes you just have to take a leap but there's a difference between taking a well-planned and informed leap and taking a leap into the complete unknown or in the wrong direction yeah and I think there's such a big difference between taking a leap and taking the responsibility for that leap or taking a leap and hoping just that the universe will catch you mm. Definitely. Because we all know, whether you're woo or religious or whatever, like the universe does work in mysterious ways sometimes. Everyone just stumbles across good fortune now and again. Sure. But it's the exception to all the rules. I mean, we all have our different like core philosophies for life. And one of mine is that I have to do my life for myself. No one else is going to catch me. And that's yeah. just a personal one for me. So maybe that is feeding my mindset here. But I think with risk, it's there's two sides to the story. And so thinking about this letter as I was reading through it for the first time, my, my heart kind of went out to Indecisive Illustrator because there's been a few very core times in my business career where I've had to make a decision that felt like it was the scariest decision ever to make, but amazing things came from taking that decision, but that wasn't a guarantee from taking it. The, the anxiety in that moment of taking that risk stole some nights of sleep from me. And I think the anxiety is a tool. It's interesting you said that word because it was playing on my mind as well. We're both people who are prone to anxiety, but it can be a really helpful tool as well as a hindrance in the sense that it makes you prepare mm -hmm. so for me my anxiety about leaving my job meant I looked into options as working as a locum speech therapy I'd saved this huge pile of clothes in my in my house that I was going to sell on eBay <laughs> if all the work dried up that was how I was going to make money I had all of these contingency plans which meant on the one hand I felt safe enough to take the leap but it also meant I genuinely had options if the leap didn't pay off in the way I expected you know, I wasn't going to be destitute. I wasn't going to be living under a bridge. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because we were in a really similar situation. So when we signed on to this flat to move out into, we signed on at the end of May, maybe early June, and we weren't moving until mid-September. So we spent the three months in that window working our asses off. Alex was like a barista at the time, full-time, and he was also freelancing on the side. So he would go do a nine-hour shift and then come home and freelance all night before bed. And I was working all day with my clients and we saved every penny. We did nothing that summer. And, you know, we moved out and I think we had six, months rent in the bank and that was the biggest risk for us for saying can we count on my business to pay the majority of our bills here because that's just what the way it was going to have to be and can we count my business to at least pay my half of the bills it was scary but I made it so that I had breathing room and I think so reading indecisive illustrators question the first thing that comes to my mind is risk can feel like this big kind of scary kind of all or nothing experience mm. but I think my question to you is what do you need to be able to take this next leap in your journey? Yeah, what can you kind of provide for yourself so that it feels safe to do something? I think sometimes you can start to get more work coming in and think that you need to leave a job and it can all be very um, hypothetical. Mm -hmm. I would first get really, really clear on how much do I need to be making a month as a self-employed human because it's more than what you need to make as an employed human. Yes. Because you've got to put your taxes away, your national insurance, you've got to, if you want to still contribute to a pension, if you need to pay your overheads, you just have to earn your money, your pounds go less when you're self-employed than they do when you're employed. I mean, and she does mention that there's the possibility, I think, of reducing yes. her hours, which could be okay, another way of mitigating yeah. it. I think the other thing to recognise is there's risk here either way. It is just as much of a risk for this person to stay in her yeah. job. I'm saying her, I'm assuming, but it could be a he. Or a they. Or a they. But there's just as much risk as staying put where you are in your job because that's a risk to your illustration business, which it sounds like is picking up and it sounds like that's something that you feel a calling to do. And there's also 
there is a real risk in any employed job that the business that you're working for could go bust tomorrow. You know, I worked for the NHS, they could have had a huge reshuffle and my permanent contract could have become null and void and I could have been made redundant. You never really know what's going to happen tomorrow. So there's risk attached to every option, even if that's inactivity. Yeah, the question I always find the most clarifying in these type of situations is, where am I going with my life? What do I want from my life? And if the bigger answer to that is that you're going to be a self-employed full-time illustrator, that's your guiding answer here, is that every decision we make should be, even if it's minute steps, moving us forward in the direction of where we want to go. I mean, the way I can relate to this is with my husband. So he was a full-time barista and he freelanced on the side and he now works for himself full-time. It took us four years to get to that place. We, he went part-time, went back to full-time, went back to part-time again, then quit his job. We were always taking baby steps to get into that place. And when we took the leap a year ago for him to work for himself full-time and to quit his job and to build his business, that was even scarier for me than trusting my business to just pay half of my bills because then I was taking on everything Mm -hmm. and he was taking this leap but the most clarifying thing in that moment was number one we were going to be fine because I was earning enough to take care of us but number two where he was right now in that job was not leading him towards any fulfillment in the long run it was not serving his life and his vision for his life and he would have worked there part-time full-time whatever it took to get to his dream we just happened to have a situation where we could support him to do that but that question of where am I going with my life and what do I need to do because if the answer for you is I want to be a full-time illustrator that's your guiding anchor here yes you've got the necessities of paying your bills and taking care of your life and that's where you have to make very conscientious smart decisions where sometimes you have to sacrifice your current needs for the greater good so maybe you have to sacrifice on time or money or something to get there but I think knowing where you really want to get to let that be a guiding anchor not what you're afraid of happening absolutely I mean it sounds so simple but it's it's such an easy thing to tune out from but it sounds like just the undertone of this letter this person is someone who knows that deep down this is the thing that they really want to do and until they try it they're not going to really feel satisfied with their life yeah and also it's not like a one-way street you can go part-time like Alex for example he went part-time when we first moved out because he picked up some freelance contracts both of them like closed the work at the same time (laughs) he came home one day and he had to go back to full-time work and then he went down to part-time it's like just if you went part-time and you hit a dry spell there's no reason why you can't go back to full-time or pick up another job like this isn't a one-way street One of the most powerful things that someone said to me when I was really on the fence at this point of like, I was carrying my resignation letter around in my handbag (laughs) for weeks. And um, it's a friend of ours who is a really experienced psychotherapist. And we were talking about it with him. And he said, I'm trying to remember his exact wording because it was so powerfully put, but he basically said to me, it doesn't have to be for forever. Mm -hmm. Like, say you quit your job now and you have three great years of doing this thing that you love, you explore all the avenues And then you come back and carry on doing what you were doing before. That's not a failure. That's still a success. That was still three years of doing something you loved. And then you got back onto doing something else that you enjoy. We tend to think of things so black and white, especially when it comes to careers. Like if this is not the Mm -hmm. thing I do Mm -hmm. until I die or retire, (laughs) then it's been a failure. But actually that's not reality. And that's definitely not current reality in employment. So yeah, like you say, it's not not a one-way street. You can go backwards and forwards. You can mix the two. And it sounds like that's maybe the right place for this person to start. Yeah. So that bigger question that she asked at the end of, you know, how do you know you're ready to take that risk? This is the big thing I realized over the past few years. What if I stopped waiting to feel ready? What if I made the decision from a different place? What if I made the decision from what's the actual situation on the table here? 
from a very practical point of like financial point of view because ultimately we have bills to pay we all need to live we all need to contribute to our own lives so that's the first place I go is what's the actual financial situation here what's the risk I'm taking what do I need what needs to be put in place then I go to the place of well what do I actually want for my life where is this leading me to what's the bigger loss here because if you're turning down work that could move your career forward and could help you grow in your craft and build your portfolio is that more of a risk of taking a leap and then having to go back Mm. That's my question. That would be my question in that moment. One of the other ways I find it sometimes quite helpful to think about it is take yourself out of the Mm, equation. mm -hmm. Think about your business as a living, breathing entity in its own right. And your day job is also one of those things. And your priority has got to be for that living, breathing thing that's yours, that's yours to care for, it's your baby. What's the right decision for that? And the right, if the right decision for that is that that needs more of your time and more nurturing, it's crazy for you to be giving that time and nurturing to someone else's baby when you could be caring for your own. Yeah, no, that's so true. And it's, I always think when I've had to take big risks, the one of the things that helps me the most is when I ask, what do I need to feel okay about this? Mm. Because we know in our guts what we want to do. This letter writer already knows yeah. what she wants to do. When you don't know what you want, that's the real turmoil we know in our guts what we want to do it's how can I feel okay about this because I also don't believe I've taken a bit longer sometimes to take a risk if I needed the time to be able to carry the anxiety of that risk I think we're raised in a culture at the moment where it's like follow do what you love jump in the net will catch you like mm. go, go. And I just don't think that all of us are wired that way I think there's a difference between putting off taking a risk because you're letting fear control your life and also doing what you need to do to be okay to do that even if it's something that doesn't make sense to anybody else like even if it's I just need a couple extra grand in the bank to feel okay doing this. Or I just need, you know, a month just to get some things in order. What do you need to feel okay doing this? And don't compare what you need to what you've seen other people need because everyone's different. Like get really quiet with yourself. What do you want? And then what do you need to feel okay doing this? And then the third one I would say is if you do decide to take this leap, the scary bit starts after you've taken the leap. Yeah. Then the bigger question is, how do I support myself in that season? That's the scariest season. I think the season of when you're halfway up the mountain and you're getting the work coming in, but you're still not fully sustainable. And you think that's the scariest part, I think, because you just feel like you're standing on a ledge the whole time. You need an awful lot of self-belief mm-hmm. to keep to keep you going. And that might be something you need to stockpile in advance yeah, yeah, as yeah. well before you take that leap. And like you said, it's a when, not an if. I do think if you wait, if you wait long enough, there'll usually come a point where it's ridiculously obvious that it's time to take the leap. Like life will just keep pushing you and pushing you until you're like, okay, I'm turning down crazy work now to, to avoid making this leap. So if you need that push, life will probably stack up and give it you. But yeah, as you just said, Jen, that season when you've taken the first leap, but you're staring the reality of it right in the face. Mm -hmm. And there'll be days when you feel amazing and on top of the world and you're convinced it's all going to work and your inbox is filling up with stuff and everything seems to just be going in the right direction. But there'll also always be those days when your inbox has just got crickets and something's gone wrong, a commission's fallen through and you've just had some bad news and it feels like the worst decision you've ever made. And for me, it was really good sense to plan for those days and to have a list of things that I go to. In fact, I I ended up sharing this list on my blog. I'll share it in the show notes for this episode, but it's 10 things to do when it feels like you're Mm -hmm. failing. And I still go to that list. It's when things feel like they're all falling apart. These are the things I do that remind me that there's momentum and that there's the stuff I can do all the time to keep moving myself forwards. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I remember reading that blog post and thinking, this is amazing. And I think we forget this when we talk about taking the leap to working for yourself full time is that you're actually going on a journey now of becoming a business owner. Yeah. And 
a big part of being a business owner is risk. Mm. We take risk every day. We take risk in the smallest of ways by just sharing something on our social media and wondering what if this alienates some people. Like we take a risk when we show up for a client. Risk management is a big part of being an entrepreneur or being a business owner. And so this is a big part of it, of knowing how do you take risks. Making decisions is the biggest part of being a bit. The amount of decisions you have to make on a daily basis, the amount of responsibilities that you carry on your shoulders, this is a big part of it. So Going through this journey of taking the risk is going to show you how you respond to these situations, what you're wired for. And if you like being self-employed, I think that's the part of it we leave out of it as well. You might love illustration, but you've now got to go on a journey of discovering who you will be as a business owner, what you like and don't like about self-employed life. It's a bit of a discovery more than it's a finite decision, I think. Yeah, I always say like the first couple of years in business on your own is like therapy because you are confronting stuff about yourself you've probably never noticed before. Mm -hmm. Some of it's going to be really uncomfortable. Some of it you're probably not going to like about yourself. But if you can get through it, you're going to be a stronger person in all areas of your life and you're going to be building something that can sustain you. Yeah, and I I imagine it's the same for you, Sarah. Like the risks I've taken and just... The nights where around it, I just felt so anxious and so afraid. Because I know for me, when it's a risk that makes sense to take, that's that's as logical as possible, and I feel good about it, it's just that my anxiety and my fears are taking over. The only thing that would make me not take that risk is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of feeling out of control, fear of falling flat on my face. And I made a promise to myself a long time ago, I'm not going to live my life from a place of fear. That's, that's not the life. I can be scared, but I'm not allowed to let that fear be in the driver's seat. Yeah. And so I think it's okay if you feel afraid right now and if you're navigating a lot of kind of scary, scary feelings. But I will say from personal experience, taking the risk when it feels like the right thing to do so, and I feel very at peace with the risk, it's just the fear feels overwhelming, have been the things that have shaped a wonderful life for me. That is so true. And I think it's learning to understand that your gut is telling you whether it's right or wrong, but your fear is telling you it's wrong regardless and learning to tell those two voices apart is a skill that we have to kind of practice yeah but I think in this situation it sounds like our letter writer probably has a sense in their gut that this is the right thing for them yeah my biggest advice would just be to actually sit in the practicalities to get really clear on how much do I need to earn every month how much do I need in savings to actually feel good about this what would it look like for me to go part-time to go full-time like figure out what this actually will look like for you and what you need from it. And so you can have all the numbers out in front of you. I think when it comes to taking risk, when the biggest thing you're risking is your livelihood and the roof over your head, facing the numbers head on, that knowledge is power in that situation. If you just know your numbers, it might surprise you, they might scare you, but whatever you do, do not head into self-employed life blind. Definitely. Yeah. Don't just, don't just bury your head in the sand and hope for the best. I don't know about you, Sarah, but like money is the biggest trigger for most self-employed people because the responsibility on your shoulders to provide for your own livelihood. You've got no employee covering it for you, no sick days. Like it's a lot to handle and it, and you, you, there's a certain sense of pride of knowing you can handle it. But I would say get as clear on your finances as possible before you take the leap so that you're not going to spend every day when you've taken the leap worrying about money. You've already got yourself a bit of a plan and a bit of a structure in place. Definitely. I completely agree with that. And also I'd say, Look to your kind of peers or your Mm. competitors for evidence that it's possible so that you've kind of got a sense of how much work you should be doing and what you should be charging. A friend of mine, Rebecca from Wildflower Illustration Co., she was working as a lawyer and illustrating part-time on the side and then eventually decided to take the leap and it's really paid off for her so for this particular letter writer go and check her out in fact probably send her a message Rebecca's lovely I'm sure she'll (laughs) reply to you and tell you about how she was feeling um but find examples that 
remind you that it is possible financially and what that actually looks like. Yeah, and I mean, and it sounds from Indecisive Illustrator that she's been getting loads of great work. It sounds like if you were writing to us saying, this is something I really want to do, but I've never booked a client, we'd be having a different conversation here. It sounds like you've sold a lot of seeds and you've built something amazing. And everyone, everyone who has a side hustle gets to a point where their business needs more of them. And that part of them is currently going to their day job and there's a big decision to make there. And I think... I would just say sometimes there's sacrifice that comes with taking the risk and figure out what you're willing to also be okay sacrificing as you take the risk. I didn't get a haircut for two years when I started yeah. before I like my business was profitable. I, I lived at home with my parents. I like, we, 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 we walked around Asda with a calculator number in our phone and everything we would put in our trolley, we would detract. And I look back on that life now and now when I go to like shop wherever I want to and put whatever I want in the trolley, I I feel an immense amount of gratitude. Same. I think this is another bit we miss out of the risk taking the leap conversation is the sacrifice it takes to make the business work. I would rather take a risk and sacrifice some things so it's easier for me to get to the next stage. Yes. Yeah. And sacrifice is something that's within your control. I always think, you know, if you've not got anyone to catch you, what are the things that you can control Mm -hmm. when you're starting your business? You can put as much time as you have available into it and you can sacrifice as much of your life and your energy as you can to it. And those are the two things that you can keep pouring into it no matter what, what happens. And so for the same as you, for the first few years of my business, I did everything myself. I, I paid for no help with my website, no help with branding, no help with anything. You were the first thing, Jen, I invested in for my business. And it <laughs> felt like a huge leap because I was just stockpiling every penny I could from my business to prove to myself that it could make it. Yeah. And it's worth it. When I look back, I'm so glad that I made those sacrifices and that I made such a lean business because I'm still lean now. I won't pay for anything unless I need it. And if I can bootstrap it myself, I'll do it. Unless it's like a waste of my time to do so. So I think it's just, I just think that we live in a society where the conversation around risk and taking the leap is not helpful. And we need to have more honest, open conversations around what it actually looks like to take the leap, how we make decisions around risk, how we manage risk and what it actually looks like to, because the leap isn't the final, the leap's the starting point. And what privileges we're bringing to that risk and that leap, because that's the thing people leave out is, you know, what security blanket they may be having. So we see all these examples of people taking these huge leaps and it paying off for them, but we don't necessarily know the reality of their day to day and the things they had that made that easier for them. Yeah, I mean, I lived at home with my parents and my husband who was then my boyfriend he was working so he because the rule at my parents house was you can live everywhere but you buy your own food <laughs> and he was working so we could buy our own food and pay our phone bills you had Rory who had a job so that if the if you didn't make any money one month at least the mortgage would still be paid yeah. there are privileges in this and I think that's not to say that if you are a solo human being with nobody to fall back on that is not to say you can't make amazing things happen it's just that the risk is bigger for you and I think we can't leave that out of the conversation because I think that leaves people out of the conversation if we're only if we're just telling people take the leap and figure it out but what if they're putting their child's food on the table at risk yeah like it's it's not that simple so let's have honest conversations around how to plan for that risk how to be prepared for that risk and how to make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves as like human beings in the world yes amen to that (laughs) i have a question for you sarah have you ever not taken a risk and regretted it Oh gosh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I'm trying to think of a specific example, but there are products I thought of writing Mm -hmm. or, you know, projects I thought of launching that 
I, I tend to, what I tend to do is I have an initial period of extreme enthusiasm where I know it's right. And then my doubts can creep mm-hmm. in. And if I don't take action during my initial enthusiasm, the doubts stack up and there's a danger of it not happening. And there's been instances where that's happened. And I've regretted it. I've regretted it because usually what happens is someone else comes along and takes that risk for me. <laughs> and I see what, what I could have done and what I could have built. And so I don't spend a lot of time regretting stuff in my business. I'm very forward focused and keep moving on. But there's definitely instances where holding myself back has not been the right decision. And have you ever taken a risk and it hasn't gone how you hoped? How did you survive that? Again, I, I wish I could think of specific yeah, examples. Because <laughs> I know it's happened. And I, and, and I think it happens all the time. You'll send a sales email out and it, it won't hit the no yeah. and, and doesn't work the way you expected it to. Or, or you put yourself out there and you get rejected. Or Yeah, exactly. All the time. But we're both fortunate that we're in a position right now where when we take those risks and maybe they don't go the way we expected they're not having such a huge impact on our business that we're dwelling on them of course if you take a risk and quit your day job and it doesn't work you're not likely to forget that one in a hurry yeah I would also say so some of my clients who have taken a risk to make to to, to take a leap into something and no matter what whether it goes really well or doesn't go really well there's always moments of fear and self-doubt the thing I always do for try and help hold space for them is to really own the decision they made because once you take a risk don't give yourself permission to then blame the world if it doesn't go your way. And I mean this from a place of love because I think then you're letting go of the responsibility that you're the one who took the risk and you're the one who can make yeah. this work. So I think if you're going to take a big risk, own that risk, own the consequences that you are making, opening yourself up for and own the fact that you will handle whatever comes your way, but that it's on us as human beings to make smart decisions and to own the decisions that we make if we want to be okay doing this but I think the funny thing is listen to Sarah then saying you know the the risk you've taken the risk you haven't taken I think the funny thing is as a business owner it isn't what you dwell on in the end no it's just part of it I take a risk every time I share something online in case someone doesn't like it yeah it's kind of become part of our DNA now is yeah I take risks and and I think a big part of it is taking care of yourself and also not tangle yourself worth up into the work Yes. And that can be really tricky, especially when you're first setting out, Yeah, but separating it out and understanding that you have value regardless of how your work is received. Yeah. I think the hardest bit I see for a lot of my clients is when they're taking a risk, all the naysayers, or yeah. that's the hardest bit because say indecisive illustrator, say she decides to take this risk, but her family or her extended friends, they're like, what are you doing? Or no one makes yeah. money as an illustrator. Yeah. Or, or, so I would say, if you do decide to take this risk, surround yourself with the people who are 100% in your corner the people who love you who see what you're capable of when you can't see it yourself and even if that's one human that's enough if it's zero humans find yourself some awesome humans because they will catch you when you fall and they will believe in you and root for you and and I think just don't let other people's own fears and limiting self-beliefs stop you from seeing what's possible for you because I think that's a big part of risk is how much do we bring other people's anxieties to the table absolutely so my whole family and pretty much all of my friends thought I was completely <laughs> losing the plot when I decided to quit my secure NHS job to take Instagram pictures etc full-time but the people who do understand my world people, people like you Jen understood exactly what it was I yeah. was trying to achieve and I think we do know deep down if it's if it has that grain of possibility mm-hmm. or not and it's about I guess it's always the way in business taking advice from the right people the people who really understand rather than people on the outside the thing as well is that when people tell you not to take a risk they're trying to keep you safe Mm -hmm. and there's an awful lot of people who've spent their whole life avoiding risks to try and keep themselves safe so they've made the safe 
work options and they've made the safe marriage mm-hmm. options and the safe house buying options, et cetera, et cetera. And they feel like it's worked for them and it's kept them safe, but maybe that's not the life you want to live for yourself. There is a really wonderful speech by Jim Carrey that he gave. I think it was at a university. I saw about this, yeah. Yeah, and he talks about his dad, who would have been an amazing stand-up comedian, was really funny, but took the safe option and became, I think, an accountant and um, scraped by to support his family in this accountant job all his life. And then one day was made redundant from this Mm. job and lost it and they lost everything. And he said the lesson that that taught him was you can fail doing something you don't love, so you might as well do the thing you do love and and risk failing at that instead. I love that. And I don't know what you said, like being your own boss is never safe. No. Life isn't safe. Life isn't safe. But being your own boss has this extra risk in it, but it's actually, it's, Learning to carry that risk. I carry it much better now than I did in the beginning. In the beginning, I would cycle a lot more. I still cycle now. I can still get into a place where I'm like, it's all over. We're going to be homeless. <laughs> because I'm an anxious human. That's what I do. <laughs> but the journey of learning to carry that fear and that anxiety and that risk, that's been a pretty life-changing experience for me. And what we do when we avoid those risks, taking them on ourselves, is we just outsource them. We let someone else handle them mm-hmm. for us. So our boss is now responsible for whether yeah. the risk of whether we have a job or not. And I don't know about you, but I actually prefer having a handle on all that stuff oh, yeah, for I myself. Love being in control. And that's where the control of having your own business comes in really handy so that if your health's not great, you're not having this chain of command where you have to convince your boss and and navigate a sickness policy the risk stops with you and you can make the decision that's right for your health and right for your business yeah okay so indecisive illustrator what would your final takeaway be for her today so this is something I'm saying kind of I would say it more as a friend than as a coach but in my experience of everyone I've seen who's been in this situation and then finally found the space within themselves to take that risk the work expands to fill the space Mm. you have in your life for Mm -hmm. it. So you might, right now you might be saying, well, I've only got these couple of commissions and what will I be doing with all the rest of this time? But something magical happens, I think, when you're able to show up for your business Mm -hmm. more, you put more time and energy, you're available more, you're visible more online, you're creating more, you're considering everything more. And what usually happens is that breathes a whole new spurt of energy into your business. So if that's what's holding you back, if that thought of, there's not enough mm-hmm. is holding you back. Trust that what you have to offer, that time, that energy that you can put into your business can pay off into something real. Yeah. And I think it's that trust, mm-hmm. just trusting it. Indecisive Illustrator, you've sown so many seeds here, it sounds. You've yeah. already done half the work. And the question I'm always asking my clients when they're struggling to make any form of decision is, what is the decision you make out of courage and what's the decision you make out of fear? Because if we're making decisions out of fear, it's not just that we're playing, we're keeping ourselves so locked into a bubble. We are limiting our capacity for joy and fulfillment and peace and all these different types of things. And I think it's not as simple as just saying, well, the most courageous decision is to quit my job and go full time. I would just say, sorry to be really boring, but I would just say, get as practical as possible about this. Arm yourself with as much knowledge as possible and figure out what you need to feel okay about taking this leap and then go for it and don't look back. And whatever happens, you'll figure it out. That's that's my motto. And whenever I say to myself, but what if this bad thing happens? You'll figure it out. What if this bad thing happens? You'll figure it out. Because until I stop breathing, I can figure everything out. Exactly. And we've all got an amazing track record of figuring stuff out or yeah. else we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. I'm really, I'm like, really like wishing Indecisive Illustrator lots of good luck. Me it? too. I want to hear from you in six months time, yeah. Indecisive Illustrator, with an update of where you're up to. Because I feel like this year is going to be big for you. Yeah. So many of you listening to this must have taken the leap. Yeah, yeah, or not taking the leap and regretted yeah. it or had experience of being in this exact position. Yeah, come tell us on Instagram at hashtag dear hopeful creative. 
Same for Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. Yeah, come and tell us what your thoughts are, like what you would say, or if you've got any, yeah, just, I can't wait to hear all your stories because everyone has a story where everyone's taking risks in their life. Absolutely. And everyone has different approaches to it. So I think we can all learn from each other. Yeah. And just, yeah. And if you, you know, if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with your friends and just come and say hi over on social media because we love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.